Over the past few weeks, we've been going through the letter of 1 Peter. And like all the letters of the New Testament, there is a lot in those letters. There's a lot in 1 Peter. We're up to chapter 3 of this letter. And let me tell you that there are some tough topics in chapter 3. It talks about talking about submission, particularly in the family and in marriages. And the Bible is clear that we need to submit to each other, not just in marriage, but in every area of life. It says in Philippians chapter 2, in fact, that we are to look to the interests of others and not just to ourselves. And this is, in many ways, submitting to others. Submission is a big and important topic all the time, not just now, but of course at the moment we are submitting to government recommendations for health and safety and submitting to things in our society that we like and some things that we don't like. But it's important that we look to the interests of others. Later in this chapter, Peter writes about suffering for doing good, another hard topic. And he does talk about how we can identify with Christ when we suffer for doing good and these things happen to us. And this can be a painfully real uh, thing for many of us right now. I know I have friends and family who have lost jobs or accommodation, are encountering health difficulties in a time when it's hard to get help. It's difficult. It's painful. And I'm sure you do as well. You're encountering these things yourself or you have family and friends that are. And what makes this perhaps even harder for us is that this isn't happening necessarily for wrong of our own doing or mismanagement or negligence. It's just, it's happening. It's hard when things happen to us, when we suffer while doing good. Peter encourages us to look to Christ in these times. And this can sound overly simplistic. Now, of course, we should look to Christ, but how do we do that pragmatically in our lives? See, I don't know about you, but for me, faith needs to have boots on. I enjoy a good philosophical conversation like anyone, but when it gets right down to it, I need to know how to live my faith practically in the day-to-day. And the middle verses of chapter 3 of 1 Peter give us some great practical wisdom for how to live in difficult times, in any time really, but especially pertinent in difficult times. And there are 12 things mentioned, and I'm going to go through these quickly. I believe that if we grab hold of these 12 things, we'll not only find great comfort, but we'll also find great purpose in the midst of some of the difficulty that we're facing. For instance, in verse 8 it says, have unity of spirit. Now is a time to build each other up, not tear each other down. Have unity of spirit. The church is struggling at the moment, not just our church, but all churches. Now is the time to come together and help one another as best as we can. And of course, the church is you and I. It's, it's not a building we come to and sing in on a Sunday. Number two, we are to have sympathy for each other. Many people just want someone to talk to at the moment, just to talk to somebody about what's going on in their lives and what they're struggling with. How can we be listening ears to those around us? You can't do this for everyone in your world, I'm sure, but each one of us will have people in our lives that we should be a sympathetic ear to. to. And this comes back to submitting to one another and looking out for the interests of others. Number three, have love for one another. This is encapsulated in what has already been said in the last two points that I've said. Let us love in word and deed. It's a phrase that is used elsewhere in the scriptures. And it's important that we love both in what we say and what we do. What should distinguish the Christian above those around us is our love for one another. This is a life-defining truth and is a matter of changing our perspective on how we treat others. Number four, have a tender heart. 
And this might seem the same as being sympathetic, but it's actually not. See, we can listen to the troubles of a person and not sympathize, maybe seem like it on the outside, but not have the tender heart that really cares about what is going on for the other person. We need to keep our own hearts tender. I know I need to keep my own heart tender. And a time when it could be really easy to close ourselves off, to think selfishly, and only think of our little kingdom, our little world, or, or our little family. We need to have a tender heart. Number five, have a humble mind. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Instead, think with sober judgment, it says elsewhere in Scripture. What makes you better or more deserving than anyone else? Why do you deserve that last item in the supermarket or store more than anyone else? The truth is, we don't. And we will likely survive without it anyway. And this is easy to agree with until we're actually practically challenged about it. We need to have a humble mind. Do not repay evil for abuse, number six. It seems like common sense, but when we're facing difficulties, our judgment can become skewed. We can make bad decisions. That person cut me off in traffic, so I'm going to speed up in front of them and pull over in front of them. We will likely, in our current climate, have more opportunities to repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse. We mustn't get sucked into this line of thinking. God will repay. We don't need to. He'll do it how he sees fit. Number seven, repay evil with blessing. Now, this is not always possible for us either. And in the case of the driving scenario I mentioned a second ago, I would not advise pulling alongside the car next to you, winding down the window and yelling, God bless you. But when possible, repay evil with blessing. This is one of the most powerful things a Christian can do. And we often don't need to say anything to repay with blessing. Forgiveness is the first step in doing this. But there are practical steps after it that can be even more powerful. Number eight, keep your tongue from evil. And this means having clean speech. But also thinking about what we talk about. There are many terrible things that we can talk about, terrible things that are happening in the world at the moment. We don't need to talk through the nasty details. That won't necessarily help us. It can only help fear grow when we propagate and say things that are not good or talk about things that aren't good. We must always be honest, though. So this doesn't mean putting a, a, a ban on our voice or making sure we don't say things. It's more about thinking conscientiously and being truthful when we do this. We must always be honest. Number nine, keep your lips from speaking deceit. There are enough lies going on around us that we don't need to contribute to lies. Honesty is the best policy, the saying goes. And now more than ever, the church needs to be honest. Honest about who we are, what we believe, honest about our struggles, and honest with one another, and not trying to pretty things up because we don't want people to see what's really happening or our weaknesses. Number 10, turn away from evil and do good. Repentance, perhaps. And this needs to be close at hand when we do wrong. This needs to happen on a deep level for us. Repentance before God in our sometimes neglect of relationship with Him. Sometimes God can become my happy little faith that sits on the shelf until I'm ready to engage with it. And that is not the way that we are to seek good, turn away from evil and do good. We are to seek God at all times. God is with us. He is in us. He is working through us. And this God is to be worshipped at all times and sought at all times. 11. Seek peace and pursue it. We are peacemakers. God brings us peace so we can bring peace to others. Shalom. 
This is a daily pursuit and sometimes we just need to sit still, close our eyes and pray. Other times it's not that simple. Nevertheless, we are encouraged to pursue peace for ourselves and for others. And number 12, I just mentioned it, pray. Pray every day. Pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for others, pray for our world, pray for our government, pray for your leaders, pray for peace, pray for joy, and pray for hope. Pray to God for these things and more. Amen.